today's podcast, EEOC deadlines. We get a lot of calls from the United States, anywhere really, and people have all kinds of questions about EEOC processing, the deadlines, so on and so forth. So what I'd like to do is just touch on the process and then focus on the last aspect of the process, the 90-day right to sue letter. Here's how the process begins. A filing with the EEOC. In some states, this is due within 180 days of when the action occurred. In other states, it's 300. And you should check your state's respective law for what that is. Once the EEOC gets your complaint, they will review the complaint they will assign someone to it who will investigate the complaint a little bit. And then, depending on the jurisdiction that you're in, some EEOC offices will insist on a mediation for every single case. Others do not. And the EEOC will generally suggest this if they think a mediation will resolve the case. If the case resolves at mediation, wonderful. If it does not, then the EEOC will assign a full-scale investigator to your case. It will ask for a position statement from the employer. It will give you, the employee, the opportunity to rebut that statement, and then there will either be a finding, sometimes there is a finding where the EEOC will say, yes, we find there was discrimination here. In most cases, there won't be a finding or there won't be a favorable finding and there will be a right to sue letter. And that's what I want to focus on today, the right to sue letter. And here you can see a copy of one. It says dismissal and notice of rights, it has a person's name on there. By the way, Shanae Smith, the name in the top left-hand corner, is not a client of our office. Although this document says confidential, we simply pulled it off the internet on a Google search of right to sue letter. And it's very informative because this is a really good example of one. January 13th, 2017, I looked it up. And that day is a Friday. Okay. So the letter is dated Friday the 13th. Uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> well, anyway, the question is, when is it presumed that somebody got this? Now, obviously, if you're using the EEOC portal and you get this letter on the portal on the 13th, that's your deadline day. The 90 days starts then and there. If you get this letter a different day, and we could look at the different days that you could get it. Okay, so you could get it the 14th, and the 14th is a Saturday. Yeah, there's mail on, on Saturdays, absolutely. So the 90 days starts, if you got it on a Saturday, from that Saturday, meaning, meaning the fact that it's a weekend doesn't matter. The only time it matters if it's a weekend is if the 90th day falls out 
on a weekend. So if the 90th day falls out on a Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday, your deadline then gets extended to the first non-weekend, non-holiday day. Understand this. It's not 90 business days. It's 90 days. So, for example, if Christmas fell out within the 90 days, unless December 25th was the last day of the 90 days, you don't get an extra day because Christmas was within the 90 days. That's just one of the days that you can't really use. This is also interesting because if you look on a calendar, you'll see that the 15th of January 2017 was a Sunday. There's no mail on Sunday. You couldn't have gotten it on Sunday. Monday, the 16th, was Martin Luther King Day. And that's a federal holiday. And you certainly weren't getting any mail that day. So there's basis to say for Shanae Smith, and I didn't look up on Pacer what she ever did with this letter, that it would seem she could argue she got this on Tuesday, January 17th, and the court would probably accept that because of the fact that the 15th and the 16th are not days where there's mail. But understand, if you don't have something like that, you better keep that envelope. And here's an envelope, and this is another interesting note because this is from the Iowa Civil Rights Commission going to a Brandy DeVore, who is not a client of ours. That was just also off the internet. And the reason we like this, this envelope is because it emphasizes the point that you may not get this letter from the EEOC itself. A lot of states have this joint sharing arrangement where, for example, in Maryland, there's the Maryland Commission of Civil Rights, and they're going to process some of the EEOC claims, and the EEOC is going to process some of the state claims. So the fact that you get this notice from a state agency, that doesn't mean that you're off the hook with the 90 days. The EEOC is not required to send its own notice in the mail. So you absolutely want to hang on to these envelopes. A couple other things. Also understand what you have to file. All right. And I learned this in law school in my pretrial litigation class in which I got the American Jurisprudence Award back in 1995, I believe. And one thing the professor taught, his name was Andy Simons. He was a big-time partner at a law firm, Fritz Farrell, in one of the largest and most prestigious law firms in Long Island, New York. He said, listen, it is always better to get something filed in federal court that's not terrific, that's not your best effort, that's not wonderful, than to miss a deadline. You just get something filed. That's it. There are forms. Even if you can't find a lawyer, there are pro se forms. Depending on the jurisdiction you're in, the lawyer can, can even help you drafting the thing just to get the thing filed. But you do not want to miss this deadline. If you do, the word deadline means dead. Essentially, 
You missed it. You missed your chance. You can always amend this thing later. I don't want to use the word always amend because there are rules about amendments in the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, but you can amend this thing certainly before you serve it without any problem from the court or anything like that. And maybe you should do that when you have more time. Finally, do not wait till day 89 to contact an attorney. We get plenty of those. Certainly don't contact an attorney after the 90 days. Uh, unless you have a race claim, which may fall under 1981, and there may be a cause of action there, there may also be causes of action for FMLA or for overtime violations or many other things that are not subject to this EEOC right to sue letter, which, by the way, does not stop the statute of limitations for those other claims. So, for example, somebody says something like, well, I would have filed an overtime claim, but I wanted to file it all at the same time with my Title VII discrimination claim, and I was waiting for the right to sue letter, so I didn't get the right to sue letter for a couple years, and that was after the deadline for these other claims. Well, too bad, so sad. You had to file, and you missed it. So the important thing when you get these letters, contact an attorney. Many good cases, unfortunately, lose because of this 90-day thing. People don't understand the rules about it. There are various exceptions to the rules. Someone could be incapacitated, for example. What does that mean? You want to go over that with a lawyer. Simply, I had the flu the last week doesn't really do it, even if you got a note from your doctor. I mean, you need something like coma, something like that. I wasn't home. I didn't get the mail for a bunch of weeks. I was out of the country. It could be anything. Talk it over with a lawyer. We're here to help. Give us a call. We invite you to subscribe to this YouTube channel. And also, we invite you to send any comments you may have if you want to hear future podcasts on some issue that's really important to you that we haven't done yet. Let us know that, and we can do that.